Success Road Podcast, Episode 10. Will you be a courageous father? Welcome back to the Success Road Podcast. My name is Joshua Rivers. I'm your host for this podcast. I am so excited today to be able to bring to you another episode. And this month, as I mentioned before, I have planned on focusing on being a better father. And so during the month of June, we're going to look at different things regarding fatherhood and some things that we can do to become better fathers. And I also plan on including with this being a better husband, because a lot of the things go hand in hand with those. And so I plan on doing that for this month. There is going to be one or two additional episodes this month that are outside of that, and they will be bonus episodes. And so uh, if they come, I will definitely let you know about that. There is one I know for sure that will be near the middle of the month, an interview that I had with Jim Woods. And so there is another one as well that may come up, and uh, I will let you know for sure about that one and when that will come up. That will probably be near the end of the month. And so, but my focus for the majority of the month will be on fatherhood. And so I want to, first of all, start by playing a short clip that my son recorded just to share that with you. It's a poem that he recorded. We worked together on putting it uh, together on here. And so I want to go ahead and play that. And then I'll come back with a few comments about that. And we will come back to that thought that is in the poem at the end as well. So here is that clip. The will and the way. The author is unknown. There's something I'd have you remember, boys, to help in the battle of life. It will give you strength in the time of need and help in the hour of strife. Whenever there's something that should be done, don't be a coward and say what you should try. Remember then that where there's a will, there's a way. There's many a failure for those who win, but though at first they fail, they try again, and the earnest ones are sure at last to prevail. Though the mountain is steep and high to climb, you can win the heights, I say. If you make up your mind to reach the top, for where there's a will, there's a way. The men who stand at the top are those who never could bear defeat. Their failures only made them strong for the work they had to meet. The will to do and the will to dare is what we want today. What has been done can be done again for the will finds out the way. So obviously the message behind that is that if you have the will to do something, you have the desire to do something, you will find a way to be able to make it happen. And so there's a lot of people that use the excuse, well, I just didn't have time or I wasn't able to, and they come up with different excuses. And maybe not all the time, but there's many times when the reason is that they just didn't have a strong enough or a high enough desire for whatever that thing is. And so they come up with an excuse then why they didn't get it done. Instead of just saying, well, I didn't really want to, and that's why I didn't do it. Because truly is that 
when we really want to do something, we're going to find a way to make it happen. We'll make time for it. We will go out of our way to be able to do that particular thing, whatever it is that we want to do with what we're talking about today about being a better father. If you really want to be a better father, you have that desire. You can find a way to be able to make it happen. And so you can do that. And so I, I, I'm going to get into the story of how we came about recording that and him recording it here in just a second. But I wanted to, first of all, share a, um, it's something from the movie courageous. It's something that I had mentioned before on the blog. Uh, it's been a while back now, but, uh, probably, probably last year around father's day. And, I want to bring this to the forefront because I think it is an excellent movie. I think it's something that we should consider looking at. If you have not seen the movie, I would highly recommend getting it and watching it. If you have seen it before, I would recommend watching it again. I plan on watching it at least once during this month. And so um, if you if you haven't seen it, it is, uh, I believe it's rated PG-13. Um, and the reason it's rated PG-13 is because it does contain um, some things about um, gangs and violence, um, drugs, um, and different things like that. And so because it's the issues and the struggles that are dealt with throughout the, the movie. And so um, it's it's a very clean movie. There's no... Um, there's no bad words or anything like that there and there's no, uh, nudity or anything like that. It's a clean movie. It's just that it has those elements in there. Um, kind of, kind of like real world kind of situations and making it very practical for how we can be able to live our lives as fathers and be able to do that. And so excellent movie, but in the movie, part of what is the focus um, especially toward the second half of the movie is um, the, the the main character comes up with the idea to have a resolution and his friends end up joining him in that. And so they end up having a big ceremony and things like that. But there's this resolution that they have that they sign that is their commitment to being a better father and husband. And so I want to go ahead and read this to you. And so it's just entitled The Resolution. I do solemnly resolve before God to take full responsibility for myself, my wife, and my children. I will love them, protect them, serve them, and teach them the word of God as a spiritual leader of my home. I will be faithful to my wife to love and honor her and be willing to lay down my life for her as Jesus Christ did for me. I will bless my children and teach them to love God with all of their hearts, all of their minds, and all of their strength. I will train them to honor authority and live responsibly. I will confront evil, pursue justice, and love mercy. I will pray for others and treat them with kindness, respect, and compassion. I will work diligently to provide for the needs of my family. I will forgive those who have wronged me and reconcile with those I have wronged. I will learn from my mistakes, repent of my sins, and walk with integrity as a man answerable to God. I will seek to honor God, be faithful to his church, obey his word, and do his will. 
I will courageously work with the strength God provides to fulfill this resolution for the rest of my life and for his glory. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua twenty four fifteen. So it's a very powerful resolution. And so it's, it's something that I think can be very beneficial. So I plan on having this um, posted up in my house. I don't know if I'm going to go as far as having a ceremony or not as they have in the movie but i definitely plan on having this as the forefront really keeping it at the front of my mind as to what i should be doing as a father and so um, one thing i'm going to do is as we go through the next couple weeks um i plan on going through several of the different things that are mentioned not just in the resolution here, but also just some different biblical principles and things that we need to consider as we consider the fact of being a better father. And so one of the things I wanted to start with, because I think it's really foundational, is that of being a provider. And so uh, it mentions that in the resolution, and there's obvious Bible references about providing for your family. In one scripture, it says that if you don't provide for his own, uh, or the one that doesn't provide for his own is worse than an infidel. We need to provide for our families. And as the father, as the husband, the head of the home, it's our responsibility to make sure that our family is provided for. I think a lot of times in our society, we have the idea, uh, especially among um, more conservative groups, there seems to be an idea that that is implying that the husband is supposed to be the only one providing any of the income for the family. And there's also a lot of implication that that is the uh, main thing that the husband is supposed to do is that as long as he's bringing home the money, he's doing his job. And I think there's a big flaw in that thinking. Because when we look at the idea of providing for your family, there's a lot more that your family needs than just the money to be able to have a house and clothes and food. There's a lot more that needs to go into it. And so as a person that grew up without a father, and as I grew older, I was able to have a couple men that were a father figure to me. I could see the things that I was missing not having a father growing up. And so the role of a father is much more than just providing financially for the needs of the children and for the wife. It's providing for all the different needs that are represented. So not just the physical needs, but there's the spiritual needs. As we saw in the resolution, we need to have that emphasis as the spiritual leader, we need to provide for the spiritual needs by reading the Bible with our family, praying with our family. We need to make sure that we take our family to church. We need to be the right example spiritually as well, not just talk about it, but as the saying, saying goes, you need to not just walk the walk or not just talk the talk, but you need to walk the walk. And so you need to live out the example set forth in Scripture as well. And that's a big key. I think that's where a lot of times that there's a breakdown in the home is that 
the parents, the father in particular, try to, they say one thing, but they don't live up to the same things that they're telling their kids that they need to do. And so, um, a, a lot of times I catch myself, for example, I, I, I'm big on my kids and I'm trying to teach them not to complain and, com- uh, about different things that happen and murmur and start to grumble and all that kind of stuff. I try to, uh, stop them from being able to do that, teach them that and try to, uh, get them to be more positive, more outlook, um, upbeat and the different things like that. But then I can find myself complaining about different stuff at the same time. And so I need to watch my watch that for myself. And so I need to set the example and make sure that I'm consistent in setting that example. And that will go a long way in helping to be able to teach my children that. And so we need to help provide for those spiritual needs that our children have. We need to provide for the emotional needs that our children have. Now you may say, well, that's the mom's job because she's the emotional one. Well, it is true that women tend to be more emotional and show more emotion than men, but that does not mean that men are emotionless or that we should be emotionless. That's another stereotype that has been propagated is that if you're a real man, you don't cry, you don't show emotion. And that is something that I fell into for a lot of times. And so there was many years that I don't remember crying about anything. There was nothing that really moved me. There is a big lack of compassion that I had. And that's a flaw that I had. And so our children, they need that emotional support, not just from mom, but they need that from dad as well. And so I love it when my kids just come up and I'm sitting on the couch and they just come up and they want to sit on my lap and have a little cuddle time. And so it, it's something that really bonds us. They, they want that. They desire that. And so they want it from mom and they want it from dad. And so dad's in order for that to be able to happen, that means you have to be there. And so if all you're focusing on is work and trying to provide uh, the financial aspect of it, and you're not there physically buying presents, isn't going to take the place of you being there. And so you need to make sure that you have that. You need to have that emotional support for your family. You need to provide that for them. Your wife needs that as well. She needs that emotional support from you. And so she needs that stability. She needs to know that you really care about her and what she's going through. There needs to be that emotional support. There's also, I mean, there's a wide variety of different things that our family needs that they need us to provide for and all these different things that it goes way beyond just the financial and physical needs that are very evident. Those things are very obvious that we need those things. The other things are the things that kind of go on in the background. They're kind of the undercurrent. You don't really notice it until there's a big problem that happens. And so if you neglect the spiritual and emotional needs and such of your family, you may not notice a problem until it gets really bad. And so... I've seen a lot of families that they there's a lack of that emotional and spiritual connection as the child grows up and they get to those teenage years. And that's a lot of times, I believe, why teenagers go off and they rebel. 
They go off against everything that their parents teach. But then I've seen other families where there is that closeness. There's that close relationship that develops. There's that emotional connection. There's that spiritual leadership in the family. And even as they get into those teenagers' years, yeah, there's still a little bit of the teenager wanting to get out there and learn and try to do on their own and things like that. But they're not going out and being rebellious. They're not wanting to get away from it. They want to be with family because they love spending time with them. They're receiving the love and the comfort that they need. They're able to get that support from their family instead of having to go somewhere else to try to find it. And so when we look at this idea of providing for our family, we need to make sure that we try to spend that time with them. And so this is something that I really love about what I've been able to do. There's been times in my life, there have been seasons that I haven't been able to be there as much, but then there's been other seasons when I've been able to spend a lot of time with my family. And so I remember when my son was born, I was working third shift, um, the overnight shift, and I was also working part-time in, a, in our Christian school, and then my wife was working as well. And so she was working an opposite shift that I was working. And so uh, we were doing that so that we can avoid babysitters. And so I would be with my son during that time that my wife was at work. And sometimes he would nap, but a lot of times he was awake. So I was spending that time with him. And I was able to uh, kind of work with him on crawling and walking and all those different stages. And so I was able to be a part during that time. And so, of course, then there was a time when I had to work and I was busy and I wasn't able to do as much. Now, of course, during those that time there, I wasn't getting very much sleep either. And that's another issue that we can talk about in a different podcast episode. But then there were times when I was just so busy that I, I missed several of those growing steps. And so, but then uh, there was a time that I was... Uh, um, assistant pastor in Michigan. And during that time, I wasn't working an outside job. I was able to spend some more time with my family. And it was only a part-time job. My wife was working a full-time job. And between all of that, we were able to make all the finances work. And I was able to be home and I was with my kids a lot. I was with them like all day long. So I was almost like Mr. Mom. Um, And so during that time, I was able to spend a lot of time with them. My son was Two, my daughter was um, getting close to one, um, or actually, I guess my son was uh, coming on three, and my daughter was coming up on two or one, and so um, there are some very big developmental st- uh, ages there, and so I was able to be a part of those times in their life, and then my wife would get home, and I would be able to, we would be able to spend time together as a family. I can remember that there were several trips that we were able to take. We we're able to. Uh, go off to a beach and we're able to go and see some different uh, sightseeing type things. And we're able to have that time as a family, which I thought was great. And then there was times at times again, that I had a full-time job and um, I wasn't seeing my family nearly as much. I would um, for a couple of years, I was um, teaching a part-time in the Christian school in the morning while my kids were in school and then I would go to work in the e- um, afternoon and evening. So I wouldn't see them. I would uh, see my wife basically enough to be able to say hi, bye, um, as we would pass each other as one would go to work and the other would come home. And and so th- that's about all that we got to be able to see each other. And so 
then I was here just the last year and a half. I switched the third shift and I've been able to spend a lot more time with my family. And here for the last year, we've done homeschooling. And I've gotten a lot of time with my kids. And so I'm still working full-time jobs, so I still have to sleep some. But I'm able to have that time with my kids, and I'm really getting to know them. And so when you get on the level of trying to work with them with English and math and things like that, you really kind of get to know your kids a little better. And when you're responsible for their homework and making sure they get things done, you really start to get an idea of how they think. And so you really get to know your kids a lot better. And I've really appreciated the ability to be able to do that. And so we need to be able to spend that time with our kids. I'm not saying that you have to quit your job and stay home with them, but I'm just saying that try to find the time that you can to be able to be with your kids, be with your wife, be with your family as a whole. And there's a lot of things that you could be able to provide for your family just by being there, having that time. But then when you're doing that, you need to be diligent about the time that you're spending. And so you need to, again, you need to provide for the spiritual needs, lead them in the spiritual matters in your home. You need to lead them uh, in that emotional support that they need. And so, and then um, along with that is also the, all the um, uh, psychological, um, not not like you're going to be a psychiatrist or anything, but the uh, uh, mental development, educational aspect um be involved in what's going on you may i'm not saying again that you have to homeschool your kids yourself as as a father and uh and all that but um if you can that's great if you can be involved in that that's great if not i mean at least be involved enough to know what your kids are doing what classes are they taking how are they doing are they uh and and no, be up on how they're doing on the tests and the homework as they go and so be involved in that. And so a lot of times, again, this is another thing that happens a lot of times that the father focuses on the job and the mom is the one that takes the reins in the educational aspect. Um, and then the father doesn't have any involvement or minimal involvement. And I think that's a detriment um, in, in many cases. And so you need to try to have that focus, be able to have that investment. You need to um, provide for your family in all these different ways, financially, yes, but the other ways apply as well. You need to spend that time with your family. And so for me and my my wife, we come to the same conclusion that my time with my family is so important that, yes, I could get two jobs to be able to take care of the finances, but then my time would not be there for me to be with my family. And so it becomes counterproductive then for me to be able to provide in that aspect for my family. And so we've come to the conclusion that it's better for me to uh, work one job. My wife work one job. We combine our finances and then we're both able to spend time with our kids and together. And so it's, uh, it's something that, that we came to that decision. I'm not, again, I'm not saying that that's what you have to do. You need to talk to your uh, spouse. You need to figure out and pray what God would have you to do for your family. And so you need to be very intentional about how you do this. And so when we look at being a father, it is a very important responsibility. God has given you your kids for a short amount of time for you to be the one to train your kids. And so if you look in Scripture in the book of Galatians, uh, not looking at it right now, I think it's chapter 4, the Bible talks about the fact that the child is um, under 
tutors and governors until the time appointed by the father. The father is the one that has the responsibility. And so when we stand before God and he's going to say, why didn't you train your children better? You're not going to be able to come back with the excuse and say, well, that was the teacher's job or that was my wife's job. No, it falls back to you. Ultimately. Yes. Get help. You need help. Yes. As men, we need help to be able to to do these different things. We can't do everything. We do need help, but that doesn't mean that you step away and you don't have any involvement in it. Like I was saying, be involved, be a part. And so get the, get the help in the educational area, get the help in uh, all these different things, but be a part of that. Be involved, know what's going on, talk with your kids about what's going on. And so have those conversations, even if you know what all their test grades are and how they're doing in school, as far as their grades, talk to your kids, let them tell you how they're doing. They like that conversation. And so even if, uh, again, there's been times when my, me and my wife would be talking and they would, she would let me know something that the kids were doing and they uh, made a pro- uh, made a project or something like that, and um, then I would come home, and when I would talk to the kids, I wouldn't just automatically come out and say, "Oh, I already knew that." As soon as they start telling me, I let them tell me about the project, let them go through and tell me the story about it, and so it build it builds that communication, it builds that relationship even more. And so, I know I, I know I'm kind of going on and on about this thing, but there's a lot of different ways that we could be able to provide for our family. And I'm going on about it because there's a breakdown in a lot of places to where, again, the mindset behind providing for your family is focused on the financial aspect, but it's so much more than that. And we're going to get into some specific areas about protection, about teaching and training. We're going to dive into some of those different things over the next couple of weeks. And so coming back to uh, th- this challenge. And so in the movie Courageous, there's this challenge that's set forth. And in the show notes, I have a uh, clip, a movie uh, clip that um, has this challenge in it. And it goes through and it and it's um, and they read or they quote off the um, resolution but there's a challenge set forth and they give you information there of being able to get the movie and all that. So it's very motivational. And so, but if you go to the show notes, I want to hear from you. And so you can go to joshuarivers.net slash zero one zero for episode 10 and go there. If you want to partic- participate in this challenge, if you want to be a better father and you want to let people know, you want to make it public, Go ahead and go there, joshuarivers.net slash 010. Scroll down to the bottom. You can stop and watch the video if you want, read the notes. But scroll to the bottom to the comment section. Let me know that you're jumping in on this. And then share it on Facebook also or Twitter. Uh, let Share that post with social media so we can get more people involved in this. Let's get a community together to help support each other in this project or this endeavor of becoming a better father. And it shouldn't be just for June. And then we stop. It should continue, but going through the month of June can help us be able to get a start at least in 
a direction to becoming better. And so I really want to do this. Now that brings us back to the poem that my son recorded called The Will and the Way. And so with that poem, what happened was a couple weeks ago, I was recording for a project that I had. And so I do some voiceover work. And so I was doing a little bit of that. And after I, as soon as I got done with that, my son was knocking on the door and he asked if I was done. And then he asked if he could be able to record something. And so I'm like, sure, let's do that. So this is something that it's, it's some work that I'm doing. And he wanted to take part in what was going on. So I took the time to work with him. And so I got him behind the microphone. He found the poem that he wanted to do. He chose it. He picked it out and it just happened to work out perfectly with what we were talking about. So that's why I decided to include it. And so we went through, it was just over a minute long for the poem, but it took us 20 to 30 minutes of recording that and editing and fixing it, going over it many times. And so we spent that time together and it helps to be able to strengthen that bond. And so he gets a better idea of what I'm doing when I'm in here recording, because there's been many times that I say, here, I need to go in, I need to record. And so he got a better idea of what it is that I do. So he got the practice of getting in front of the microphone and reading something And then listening back, seeing the mistakes that he made, reading it again, kind of cleaning up some of the background noise and some of the mouth noises and the different things like that. And so we went through that whole process of being able to do that. And it really strengthened the bond that we had. So as we close, if you want to be courageous and become a better father, if you have that desire you will find a way to be able to do it. The will finds out the way. And so you can be able to do this. We can do this together. And so ultimately we need God's help to be able to really do it right. But we can help each other be able to keep each other accountable. And that's one thing that they did in the movie. The four guys, they were accountability partners for each other. They stood together. They took the resolution together. They, made this oath, and then they vowed that they were going to keep each other accountable. And so there were some stumbles along the way, and they had to intervene for each other. And so they looked out for each other. And so even when it was difficult, there was a very difficult situation that that had to be made. And so it was a very strong moral dilemma that took place involving drug use. And one of the fathers had to stand up and do what was right for that other man and for his family. And so we need to do that for each other as well. So if you want to be a part of this, again, go to joshuarivers.net slash zero one zero and share that in the comments, share it on Facebook and Twitter and the other social networks. I would love to be able to hear from you and be able to see what we can be able to do to become better fathers together. Thank you. God bless.